I'm Pastor Stephen Brooks, and welcome today to our online internet around the world church service. I am so happy that you are here, and I know that you value the Word of God, and that it is the spiritual food that you live by. It gives you faith, it gives you strength, it gives you hope, and it empowers you to do what God has called you to do. Now, today we're going to be in the book of Deuteronomy, chapter 28, and we're going to prepare our hearts to receive the tithes and the offerings. We're going to bring them into the house of the Lord. Now, Deuteronomy, chapter 28, verse 1, now it shall come to pass, if you diligently obey the voice of the Lord your God, to observe carefully all his commandments, which I command you today, that the Lord your God will set you high above all the nations of the earth. And then verse two, and all these blessings shall come upon you and overtake you because you obey the voice of the Lord, your God. Now verses one through 14 are very important for any believer to study and be aware of, but notice there is the word if that we see here in verse one. Now it shall come to pass if so there's conditions those conditions are things that we need to be very interested in we need to be aware of the principles of God the commandments of God the instructions of God the difference between good and evil the difference between what God calls right and what he defines as wrong and we need to live our lives in the light of God's word praise the Lord now so if we diligently obey, it says, these blessings will come upon us, overtake us, because. So the word because gives us that great indicator that if we do the right thing, then God promises reward for obedience. Praise the Lord. And so we need to honor the Lord with our finances. It's very important to do that. The tithe belongs to the Lord, and also the Holy Spirit moves upon our heart to sow financial seed as well. So you can tithe, and you can also give an offering that would be above the tithe, above the 10%. And you can sow that, and God blesses you, and God bestows favor and goodness upon your life, every area of your life. And you need to be aware that God has a plan for your life financially. I think it's very fascinating that in Hosea chapter 4, verse 6, God says that his people are destroyed because of lack of knowledge. And it doesn't mention lack of prayer or lack of walking in love or, you know, things that we know that are requirements, but lack of knowledge. And when I grew up in church, we hardly ever heard teaching on finances. And you have to understand that Jesus taught more about finances than he did about prayer. He actually talked twice, double as much as he did on prayer. He talked about finances very, very often, and it's very important. But when I grew up in church, uh, money was viewed as something that was evil. And uh, while the offering basket was passed around, we were told that tithing was under the Old Testament, and therefore you certainly don't need to tithe anymore. And then the pastor, uh, he dug a deeper hole for himself uh, by basically telling the people, you know, that God, God doesn't want you to have any of this world's goods, so make sure that you never have 
extra. Make sure that you never move into a place that would be considered being rich because rich people, they all uh, they all fall away from God and they all end up going to hell. And and I'm not over exaggerating. That's the way it was taught directly from the pulpit. So the church was terrified of money and the church didn't have any. And I tell you what, we were a very uh, beggarly group of people. And not only that, of course, divine healing was never taught. That aspect of the covenant was never mentioned, uh, except for the mention that that's not God's will for you to be healed. If you're sick, just walk it out and bear it. And, uh, you know, uh, of course, you know, they'd get sick, turn right around, and go to the hospital. Uh, didn't make any sense because if God put it on you, why are you trying to get it off of you? And on and on it went with really lack of knowledge, uh, enough knowledge to get you saved. Praise God and go to heaven. But how many of you know, um, although we're going to continue to exist for all eternity, but until we get into the eternal realm and cross over, you know, life, life uh, doesn't just flash by. I know in a sense that from God's perspective of being outside of time, uh, our life is just like a vapor. You're here for a moment and then you're gone. And the, the centuries roll by and the, the, the millennia roll by. But for those of you that are on the planet, you know, uh, as you get older, time does speed up. The clock does move quicker. But nevertheless, 10 years is a long time. 50 years is a long time. And you know what? You have to live your life on this earth in victory. And you need God's principles in order to be able to do that. So don't, don't let yourself be destroyed because of lack of knowledge. Get knowledge on finances. Intentionally study the prosperity verses, such as Deuteronomy chapter 28, verses 1 through 4, excuse me, 1 through 14, which reveal the great depths of how God wants to bless you. Praise the Lord. And remember, live your life to the fullest of your ability in accordance with God's will, and you'll see good things really begin to take place in your life. Hallelujah. Praise God. Praise the Lord. You know, there's a lot of Christians, they actually belittle prosperity. They think money's not important. They think that, you know, you're just supposed to be spiritual, that, that they don't ever define what they think spirituality is. I guess they think that just means stay home all day and pray all day. But they think that money is something that's of non-importance. Yet, while they profess such supposed beliefs, they turn right around and then they work for 40 hours to get it. <laughs> so it's, it's pretty important after all, after all, because I've never met one of these people that says money's not important in the church. Then they'll work 40 hours a week to get it. But I've never seen any of them after 40 hours a week tell their boss, you know what? Uh, I worked 40 hours just to volunteer. I don't really think money's important. And uh, you just go ahead and keep my paycheck because it's not important. Oh, no. Uh, they, they would get extremely upset if they didn't get paid. And, of course, rightfully so. Uh, but, my friends, money is very important. Don't let anybody ever kid you on that. We need to be aware that God has a plan for our finances and we need to do all we can do to merge into that plan and to walk in the blessing of the Lord. You know, we can do a lot of good things with money. We can alleviate pain very, very quickly for people. When we have finances, we can, we can send them to the dentist. Uh, you know, you talking about pain. I, I know there's 
dreaded diseases out there. But when you get into the pain category, whoo, uh, you know, those nerves that go down into your gums, uh, uh, if there's some decay and there's some bacteria in there, that can be pain on a, uh, on a level that's up there with the worst of them. So, you know what? Uh, sometimes it's amazing what $400 can do uh, to take care of the dental bill and get somebody down to the dentist. And I, I really agree with um, Mr. Booth, the foundation, uh, excuse me, the founder of the Salvation Army, who said, no man can hear the gospel presented to them while he has a toothache. I, I totally believe that. How could the person hear the gospel presented clearly and understandably when he's in so much pain, he's about to go out of his mind. So money is a great blessing. It can alleviate pain. Money can create wonderful experiences for people. Money can print Bibles. Money can send missionaries. Money can buy airtime on Christian networks so that the gospel can be preached. How about this? Not only on Christian networks, but there are secular networks that will let you on if you have the ability to purchase the airtime. Praise the Lord. And I, I think I think sometime in the future it would be good for this ministry and for the Pure Gold program to go fishing uh, in some areas where, how can we say, would be a little bit out of the box. I think we need to try that sometimes. And that there are these other networks that are out there. They're just as secular uh, and we could say sinful as they could be. But you know what? If you've got the money, they'll let you get on their network. And I believe we should go fishing sometime over in their pond. And I'm talking about fishing for souls. Praise the Lord. Mm -hmm. So we can do a lot of good things with money. We can build hospitals. Uh, we can uh, build uh, all types of things that are platforms to send the gospel to all of the world. Praise the Lord. Mm -mm -mm. Thank you, Jesus. Glory to God. You know, you, you could take some money and get a podcast. That's what we did. And we started podcasting on iTunes last year. And uh, you, you pay some money to, to set these things up and to do these various things. But, you know, just on iTunes with the podcast last year, I'm not talking about the other social media platforms like YouTube. And I'm not even talking about the, the larger platforms we have, such as uh, the Pure Gold Television on satellite TV. But just on the, on the platform of these podcasts, we had... Uh, last year, we had over 83 nations that were watching, or I, I shouldn't say watching, listening consistently just to the iTunes podcast that we're setting out. Well, now we are on so many different podcast uh, networks from Spotify to Blueberry to it just goes on and on and on. But there are all these people out there that are listening. But my friends, it costs money to do that. We, I'm telling you, we can do amazing things with money that bring glory to the Lord. So don't let, don't ever let anybody try to sway you into thinking money's not important. Money is extremely important. 
And it is a great blessing when you have prosperity and when you're walking in the blessing of the Lord. I tell you, uh, just take your time, read through these blessings, Deuteronomy chapter 28, verses 1 through 14, and you will be blessed. And at the conclusion of it, you can say, that belongs to me. Praise God. So diligently obey the Word of God, the voice of God, and you will be stepping into the fullness of what God has planned for you. Hallelujah. Now, let's prepare our hearts to honor the Lord with the tithe and with the offering. Praise God. If you would like to mail in your tithes and offerings, please send them to Stephen Brooks International. P.O. Box 717, Moravian Falls, North Carolina. The zip code here is 28654. If you would prefer to bring your tithe and offering in online, it's very safe, it's highly encrypted, it's very secure, and you can do so from anywhere in the world. Just visit the ministry website of stephenbrooks.org, and there is a link on the homepage that's a red tab, and it says Give. It has a heart on it, and you can click on that, and through that internet secure site, you can bring your tithe and offering right into the storehouse of God, and we take the provision, we take the finances, and we use it to continue to send the gospel all around the world. Praise God. There are still so many who have not yet heard of the good news of Jesus, but we're going to reach them. We're going to do a great work, praise God. We're going to expand, expand, expand the sending of the gospel. Pastor Stephen, we're going to need some money for that, aren't we? Yes. So believe the Lord to bless you, trust Him to bless you, and honor Him with your finances, and we're going to throw some big harvest-pulling nets, praise God. Glory to God. All right, let me pray for you now. Heavenly Father, I thank you for your precious people that as they are honoring you with their finances, with the tithe and with the offering, Father God, I just thank you that you're going to unveil the prosperity plan that you have for them, and they're going to have plenty of money all of the time. Thank you, Father God, that they are very discerning with their money. Thank you that they are very wise with their money. Thank you, Father God. Thank you for lifting them up, up, up financially. Father, we give you praise. Hallelujah. We give you praise, Father God. We thank you for this mighty gospel work. Reach it around the world. Father, we thank you. We thank you, Father God, that we have the privilege of presenting Christ, the Savior, to men and women, boys and girls, children throughout the earth. We give you praise, Father God. Thank you for blessing us with wealth and riches to do your work. Thank you, Father God, and to be a great blessing. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. Hallelujah. Let's take our Holy Bibles and go over today to the Gospel of John, chapter 14. And we're going we're gonna to launch today off of verse 21. It will be our theme verse. I'd like for you to take a nice look at it today. We're going to examine it. And I'm going to share some things with you about this verse, and then we're going to take it into a direction that is scriptural, but it's a direction that is extremely rarely mentioned, but when adventured into, it produces some of the most amazing, amazing testimonies. Praise God. Let's jump into it. Today's message is called, The Moment You Realize This Is of God. 
Let's pray. Heavenly Father, as we jump into your word, we ask that the anointing of your Holy Spirit would be upon the scriptures that they would come alive and that we can take them and make them our own. Thank you, Father God, for the written word. But thank you, Father, for your Holy Spirit who does illuminate it so that it is the rhema word, the living word. Thank you, Father God. We thank you that we receive your word today as our spiritual food. Oh, God, we give you praise in the name of Jesus. Let's all agree and say amen. Today we're in John chapter 14, and let's go to verse 21. Jesus said, He who has my commandments and keeps them, it is he who loves me. Now, we talked a little bit about this earlier, just briefly during the tithe and offering when we looked at Deuteronomy chapter 28, verse 1, and we see the word if. In other words, there's conditions. If you meet these conditions of obedience, there's blessings that follow. And then verse 2 talked about because you obey, then you step into verses 3 through 14 of Deuteronomy 28. But my friends here, it's very similar. Jesus understands the necessity for honoring the commandments of God. He who has my commandments and keeps them, it is he who loves me. And he who loves me will be loved by my Father, and I will love him and manifest myself to him. So we have focused a little bit on the first part of this verse already, which is the necessity. And it really is a necessity, not something that suggests it. It is a necessity that we obey God's commandments. And so when we do that, we move into this place that if you're open for it and you desire it and you talk to the Lord about it and say, hey, Lord, um, I'd like in on this. You can move into one of the most amazing verses in the Bible and see it begin to work in your life. And this is the part B of verse 21, where Jesus says that if basically if we do the first part, then comes the second part, and I will love him and manifest myself to him. Now, I want to read this to you from a couple of different translations, because this word manifest is actually uh, very, very powerful, and we need to look into this today. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. First of all, let me say that this word manifest means that God is saying to you and I that when he says, I will manifest myself to you, he says, he's basically saying, literally, I will plainly show myself to you. In the Thayer's Greek lexicon, it says the word manifest is so strong that it can mean nothing less than a manifestation of God that is perceivable by one or more of our human faculties. Wow, this is incredible. Praise the Lord. Now, it says in the NIV, whoever has my commands and keeps them is the one who loves me. The one who loves me will be loved by my father, and I too will love them and show myself to them. Praise the Lord. Mm -mm. Hallelujah. Praise God. Now, this is also very, very powerful. 
and my favorite version of it, which is the Amplified Bible. If you don't have an Amplified Bible, of course, you can always pull it up online at the various Bible study websites, but it's good to have one in your, uh, a printed one in your personal library. The Amplified Bible is an expansion of the original New Testament Greek text. In other words, uh, the, the New Testament is written in Greek, and then it's brought over into English in our modern translations. But the English language, while it is, you know, it's the global language today of the world, Greek was the global language back in the days of Paul the Apostle. And the Greek language technically has more depth and a deeper level of expression. And so if you want to sometimes open the scriptures up to more of the fullness of what was being conveyed, it's good to get an amplified Bible. It's good to study. It's not so much necessarily uh, fun to read through because you can't zip through it real smoothly because a lot of it becomes repetitive when you see the emphasizing of the original Greek language. But it's still, it's very, very helpful. Now, let's, let's read verse 21 in the Amplified and bring out even more fully what Jesus meant when he made this amazing statement. Verse 21, the person who has my commandments and keeps them is the one who really loves me. And whoever really loves me will be loved by my father and I will love him and reveal myself to him. I will make myself real to him. Woo! Glory to God. Now, I know that every one of you watching me as a born again Christian Jesus has made himself real to you as Savior. Yes, Pastor Stephen, I'm saved. My ticket has been punched. I'm ready for heaven. And uh, I have assurance of my salvation. Yes, you do. And if that were all, that's, that's enough. That's more than enough to get you to heaven. Praise God. But my friends, there are different dimensions of God's glory and goodness that he would like for you to step into. And that is what I want to talk to you about today. Praise the Lord. Mm -mm. I believe what we're looking at here in verse 21 is even more than an experience of the presence of God, although that's very important. It can be even critical at times. But this, this is really what I would call stepping into even the fullness of knowing the Lord. Praise God. And I use that word very, very carefully. But this is something that is uh, going on between you and God that is in, in these certain areas. It's real. It's not a theory. It's not something that you've, you don't know about, but maybe you've heard about it taught or lectured on. Oh, no. This is something that you know because God has manifested himself to you in this area in your life. And so you know he's real in this area. Praise the Lord. Mm -mm. Let's, let's jump into a, an example. Let's go to 2 Samuel. I really enjoy 2 Samuel. It's the coming forth of the new anointing of David as king. Praise God. King over Israel. Hallelujah. 2 Samuel chapter 5, verse 22. Then the Philistines went up once again. Well, the Philistines were very persistent. 
and the enemy can too. Uh, but that's okay. David knows what to do. He's ready to engage again, but he's very wise to inquire of the Lord. Then the Philistines went up once again and deployed themselves in the Valley of Rephaim or the Valley of the Giants, uh, Septuagint, the Valley of the Titans. Verse 23, therefore David inquired of the Lord. And that's very, very key. I pray that that would be something that's a regular practice in your life, that you don't just rush into things, but you always pray and get the heart and get the mind of God concerning whatever it is that's, you know, would be important where you have crossroads or decisions to make. Therefore, David inquired of the Lord and he said, you shall not go up, circle around behind them and come up on them in front of the mulberry trees. Now, honestly, I don't know if the mulberry tree is the same mulberry tree that I knew here uh, in the southern part of the USA growing up as a little boy. But I'll tell you this. I ate a bunch. Me and my brothers ate a bunch of mulberries when we were little kids, and they were extremely, extremely good. Uh, and they stain your fingers like crazy. And uh, uh, if you get that on your clothes, it's going to be completely red. But wow, are they good. Very, very sweet. And I love the... Um, uh, those mulberry, that, that, that beautiful fruit, just loved eating those, uh, those things. Now, uh, it says here in verse 24, and it shall be when you hear the sound of marching in the tops of the mulberry trees. And I don't know if that's the same tree over there in the Middle East in Israel, but uh, we're just going to go with what we have here in our Bibles. And it shall be when you hear the sound, the sound, please underline that the sound of marching in the tops of the mulberry trees, then you shall advance quickly. That, that, that's not a sound that indicates, hey, you're supposed to start eating the mulberries. <laughs> no. <laughs> Let's eat some fruit off that tree, Pastor Stephen. You said it's real good. Let's eat some. No. <laughs> that's not what that sound is, is referencing. When you hear that sound, that's when you advance quickly. For then the Lord will go out before you to strike the camp of the Philistines. And David did so as the Lord commanded him, and he drove back the Philistines from Geba as far as Gezer. Now, the sound is the sound of marching. What, what is making this marching noise up in the top of the trees? Is, is, is it crickets with little bitty feet, grasshoppers that are walking around up there? No, 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 there's nothing like that. This is an invisible army. This is an army of angels that are up there in the air, and they are going before the Israeli army as they hit off onto the battlefield. So it is the sound of marching. It's a supernatural sound that can be heard in the spirit realm at times. It's the angelic army. In other words, when David was told, hey, when you hear this sound, you have to understand uh, God's in this. You need to know that this sound is of God. Well, I thought it was the angels. It is the angels under the orchestration of the Lord of hosts, the commander of the angelic armies of heaven, the armies of Israel. It's God moving through the angels. So when you hear it, get going, praise God. In other words, there's moments you realize this is of God. In other words, David, when he was told to hear, when he heard that sound, David knew, okay, this is of God. This is a sign from God. And he could tell his men, we go now. Mm -mm. Don't you know they went out in faith? And yes, they won another victory. Praise God. Lord Jesus, we give you praise. Um, there's a sound that's very similar to this that I often hear, not, not every time, but, but often, quite often, just before 
the spirit realm begins to open up or before I have a divine visitation or some type of supernatural encounter, I, I often hear this sound. And to me, to my ears, it sounds like uh, tree leaves blowing in the wind, like the rustling of all the leaves. And of course, when I hear the sound, there's, there's no trees around. Uh, I, I'm usually inside or in a room or somewhere, and there's, there's no leaves or anywhere. So this is a supernatural sound. And every time I, I hear that sound of leaves rustling in the wind, blowing by the wind, I know, uh, you know, if I was about to do something else, stop, you know, stop everything. Something's about to happen. The spirit realm is about to open up. Uh, the first time I ever heard it, I had been in prayer. I had actually been in prayer for a little over two hours, and I had a wonderful time in prayer, and I actually stood up, and I, I said, Lord, I, just before I stood up, I said, Lord, I've had a great time in prayer with you. I, I wrapped up my prayer. Father, in the name of Jesus, amen. And I stood up, and you know, it was a great prayer time. And I actually was getting ready to leave, leave the room and go about some things that day that, you know, I had, on my, I had planned to do, when suddenly I heard this sound, and it sounded like movement that was above me. Kind of like the angels up there in the mulberry trees, but I heard a sound above me that was like rustling in the wind of leaves. Leaves are blowing. And I knew, I just somehow knew by the Holy Spirit, this glory realm was about to open up. So I went right back down on my knees in prayer. And I got right back down on my knees. And when I closed my eyes, immediately I went into a vision and I saw Jesus walk right through the wall. He had an angel with him. He walked, Jesus and the angel walked right through the wall and came into the bedroom where I was praying at. Woo, praise the Lord. And I, I tell you what, uh, I'm not going to go into that visionary experience, but I will say this. I'm really glad I didn't miss it because a real blessing came out of that in uh, several different ways that were very, very important. Oh, praise the Lord. So, there is understanding that if you hear a sound like that, then realize this is of God. Oh, Pastor Stephen, maybe somebody turned a fan on. No, 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 there's no fans or this is not an air conditioning. I'm not hearing in the natural, although I can hear in the natural. I'm, I'm hearing something in the spirit. I'm hearing in the spirit realm. And so there's that moment you realize, wait a minute, this is of God. And so when you have that moment and you're going to have times when that is going to begin to open up, then you need to respond. Why? What's going on? Here's what's going on. And let me, let me see if I can break this down a little bit for you. Jesus is making himself real to you. Jesus is manifesting himself to you through the medium of sound. Oh, then we need to focus on the sound. No, the, the sound is the intermediary uh, thing that's getting your attention. The, the, the focus is not on the sound, although you're going you're gonna to perceive that. The focus will be on what that sound is going to lead you to. And in my, my situation, is it was, you know, a visitation from the Lord. In David's situation, it's the sound that denotes get in the battle now. You know, engage the enemy now. Uh, don't get caught up in the sound. Oh, that's wonderful. That's wonderful. I wonder if we could record that on a, some type of audio recorder. No, no, that's not the focus. That's not what it's about. But that is the initial, the initial indicator that opens it up to you, and you need to know how to respond when that's taking place. Why? What's going on? Jesus is making himself real to you in this way. And, you know, it was really through these type of experiences that David got fresh revelations of the Lord, such as Adonai Perizim, the Lord of the breakthrough. Woo! 
Woo! Praise God. Hallelujah. So you, you catch these things through these victories in battle that uh, when, when the moment is over with, you realize, you know what? I know God in a new way now. I, I know God in a way that I, 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 I knew him before, but I know him even better now. And I know, I know him deeper now because he has revealed himself to me in a fresh and new way. And you, th- you know, David probably thought, you know, that's, that's the most amazing thing. He actually told us to come up behind the enemy. Wow, I never would have thought of that. What an amazing thing. And the Philistines certainly didn't think of it either. <laughs> this is not about who can outsmart who in military strategy. There is a part of that, but you're never going to outsmart God. So with instruction like that, following instruction like that, yes, they went on to another victory. But my friends understand there are those moments you realize, wait a minute, this is of God. This sound is of God. Okay, so that will lead you into a new, uh, a new way in which God reveals himself to you. What way will that be? Oh, that's, uh, that's between you and the Lord. It can be many different things. But let me just say this. You, nor me, nor anyone knows everything there is to know about God. Nobody does. It's just, it's not possible. So there's a lot more <laughs> that we can find out, that we can be taught, that we can have exposure to, that will certainly carry us on in our journey with the Lord, but also greatly deepen our understanding of God himself. And that is, that is very much what we're after today. Praise God. Now, let's continue on with this. Let's go to the book of Acts chapter 2 and be mindful that the Lord is going to reveal himself to you. He is going to make himself real. Are you ready for this? He's going to make himself real to you. Oh, Pastor Stephen, I'm starting to realize, hey, this is, this is real. Yes, it is. <laughs> it's very, very real. Mm-mm. Woo, Hallelujah. But you need, to, you need to know these things so that you are ready for it and you have that platform of the Word to stand on, which supports the experiences that are coming your way. Acts chapter 2, verse 1. When the day of Pentecost had fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven. See, a sound. A sound from heaven. You, you, you and I both know that the sound was something that was supernatural. Oh, then we, we need to build up. We need to build a church and dedicate it to the sound. No, no. The, the sound is this initial indicator to do what? Grab your attention. Of what? Of, of what's coming. <laughs> what's coming, Pastor Stephen? Well, let's read on. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven. As of a rushing mighty wind. Oh, oh, Pastor Stephen, we really, uh, we should really focus on the wind. No, no, the Holy Spirit's a person. He's not wind. He's not a dove. These are things that are representations of him, but he is a person. He is the third person of the Godhead deity. And suddenly there come a sound from heaven as as of a rushing mighty wind as of. As of a rushing mighty wind. Pastor Stephen, the Holy Spirit, he's a rushing mighty wind. No, he's a person. He's God. He's, he's not wind. He's as of. He's, he's, in other words, he's similar to that, but he's, he's God. He's not wind, and he's not fire. What is the, what is the purpose of the, of, of the wind? It's the sound 
that gets your attention. Now, you're going to have to be able to look beyond the supernatural sound. That, that, that will get your attention, trust me. But um, uh, I've heard sounds in the spirit realm before. I've heard that sound of the rustling of the, of the leaves. That always gets my attention. But there's other types of sound, too. It could be the wind. <sighs> Oh, yes, Pastor Stephen, let's make sure we get that recorded on audio. That's, that's, that's nice if you can somehow capture that. And it actually has been captured before in certain, uh, you know, services in certain spirit-filled churches when the Holy Spirit came in. And actually that sound of the wind got recorded. But you understand that God is not wind. He is a spirit. So that, that word is very, you know, it's the same word, pneuma, in, in the Greek, uh, which can be translated, you know, wind or spirit. But we know that God is not wind. He's, he's like that. But he's still, he's a person, he's a spirit. Praise God. Then there appeared to them divided tongues as a fire, and one sat upon each of them. Now we know, verse 4, and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. Oh, well, Pastor Stephen, then we need, to get, uh, uh, we need to get our focus on the fire. Well, the fire is a manifestation of the Spirit, but the Holy Spirit he, in a sense, is not fire, although he can manifest through that medium of fire upon a person. But the focus is on being filled with the Spirit. So you have to look beyond the wind, the sound. You have to look beyond what you see. Now we're in the scene also, because now we have a manifestation, not just of hearing, of a sound. But now we have a manifestation of something they're seeing. They're seeing, uh, as the King James Version says, cloven tongues are split. Tongues of fire burning on top of each person's head. Glory to God. Praise the Lord. And what would be the focus? The infilling of the Holy Spirit with the evidence that we know as uh, that of speaking in other tongues. Wow. That was new. Yeah, it sure was. It was the birth of the church. And also, this was another way of God revealing himself. Now, if you've never had the baptism in the Holy Spirit, and you've never spoken in other tongues, that is for every believer. Praise the Lord. And so you need to say, hey, Jesus, I would certainly like for you to manifest yourself to me as the one who baptizes your people in the Holy Spirit. Mm -mm. Jesus, show yourself to me. Make yourself real to me as the baptizer in the Holy Spirit. Uh, get ready. Get ready. Praise the Lord. Because he certainly will answer a prayer like that. You better believe he will. Praise God. So we're, we're looking at the Lord making himself real to you, his people, through various platforms or various mediums, such as that of sound. Such as that of sight, we have the sound of wind, the sight of fire, here in Acts chapter 2, verses 1 through 3. Let's go further. Let's go to the book of Exodus chapter 3. Praise the Lord. And we're going somewhere, because there is a special way that the Holy Spirit has spoken to me recently, that God wants to manifest himself to you. That he wants to make himself very real to you in a certain area. But I'm going to get to that in just a moment. Exodus chapter 3. Let's, let's go further into this area of realizing those special moments when you realize this is of God. God is in this. Woo! Praise God. Now watch this. Exodus chapter 3 verse 1. 
Now Moses was tending the flock of Jethro, his father-in-law, the priest of Midian. And he led the flock to the back of the desert. Wow, what a, just a beautiful experience, a beautiful place. Hallelujah. I, I like the desert. Now, my wife, she loves the mountains, and I like the mountains too. And uh, I grew up on the Gulf Coast. I like, I like water. I like salt water. But the desert is also, it has a very unique beauty to it. And uh, this, was, uh, this was a day that Moses never forgot. This is when he received his commissioning from God. Now, it says it happened on the backside of the desert. Praise the Lord. And he came to Horeb, the mountain of God, verse 2. And the angel of the Lord appeared to him in a flame of fire from the midst of a bush. So he looked, and behold, the bush was burning with fire, but the bush was not consumed. Then Moses said, I will now turn aside and see this great sight. Why the bush does not burn? Oh, Pastor Stephen, we need, to, we need to go over to the Middle East, and we need to find where this happened. We, we need to build a church on that spot. Maybe we should call it the Church of the Burning Bush. We, we really need to do this. Mm, look, look, that was a very sacred moment. That was something beautiful and holy. I, I mean, even the, the, the Lord said, you know, take your sandals off. This is, this, this is holy ground. Why was it holy? Because God was there. Praise the Lord. The presence of the Lord was there. But you have to realize that the bush burning on fire, but not being consumed in the fire, is something that's meant to grab your attention. You're not supposed to just get hung up on the bush. Yes, the bush. It's all about the bush. No, no that's, that's the attention grabber for what's coming. What's coming? Well, I'll tell you what's coming. God is about to reveal himself in a new way to Moses. Mm -mm. Oh, yes, the bush. Unforgettable experience. But remember in these moments where you realize this is of God, this thing of this bush. It's on fire, but it's not being consumed. This is of God. Yes. Yes, it is. But get ready for the revelation of how he's going to reveal himself to you in a new way through the burning bush experience. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Then Moses said, I will now turn aside, see this, it's the attention grabber, and see, ah, a visual experience that arrested his attention. Mm. And see this great sight, why the bush does not burn. So when the Lord saw that he turned aside to look, oh, oh, may you also turn aside to look. Well, don't you know, Pastor Stephen, I got an agenda to keep. Well, you, you, you can miss your visitation. You can miss an unveiling of God that, I'll say this, it won't just take you to a new level. It'll, it'll take you into a new realm. <laughs> I would highly recommend that you put the brakes on. I know you're busy. Every, who's not, right? <laughs> but I, I would highly recommend that you take a time out uh, and let some other things slide. And because if you, if you will stop, the Lord will notice that. If you'll keep on going, don't think God's going to outshout your busyness. Mm -mm. So when the Lord saw that he turned aside to look, God called to him. So God wasn't going to call until he stopped. So you have to stop, lean into the experience, let the Lord know that you value the experience, that you recognize the experience. In other words, let, 
let God know that you know, hey, this is of God. This thing's on fire. It's like being consumed. This is of God. Okay, so stop, acknowledge that, and then get ready for an unveiling of God in a new way that you've never encountered before. So when the Lord saw that he turned aside to look, God called to him from the midst of the bush and said, Moses, Moses, <laughs> Moses is probably like, whew, he, he, he knows me. He called me twice. Oh, yes, yes. And Moses said, uh, here I am. <laughs> He's probably going, whoo, what's, what's going to happen next? An unforgettable day. And any time you have these moments where you realize this is of God, this is something special. Get ready. Get ready to know God in a special way, deeper than you've known him before. Praise the Lord. Pastor Stephen, I know God. I, yes, I know you're saved. Pastor Stephen, I've been in the church for 40 years. Yes, yes. But even after you've been in heaven for 40 million years, there will still be realms of God that you, you just, he's inexhaustible in knowledge and beauty and glory and wisdom and splendor. We'll still be digging into these aspects for all eternity. Praise God. Mm -mm. Get ready to know some new things. He's going to make himself real to you. Now, this again is another unveiling of God to his servant through the medium of sight. In other words, Moses saw something and then it became audible. Then he heard. He heard the angel of the Lord talking to him. Praise the Lord. My friends, these are new unveilings of the Lord. Praise God. Yes, all along a scriptural line, we're not trying to push your voyage into something that would ever go beyond the word, but I'm saying there's a lot in the word that still is available for us, a gold mine, and we need to possess our inheritance. Praise God. The Lord will, will manifest himself to you. He will make himself real to you. How about this? Through the faculty of smell. Thank you, Jesus. Here's a beautiful verse. Song of Solomon, chapter 2, verse 1. You know this verse, don't you? This is a good one. It says, I am the rose of Sharon and the lily of the valleys. Now, this has messianic, prophetic imagery. This is referring to the Messiah. I am the rose of Sharon. Praise the Lord. The rose of Sharon has no thorns. The Lord won't hurt you or cause you pain. Praise God. As often as I have ministered in the many churches, conventions, conferences, and meetings around the world, as many know that as I minister, one of the gifts that the Holy Spirit has given to me is the gift of discerning of spirits. And discerning of spirits is the ability by the Holy Spirit to see, hear, taste, touch, or smell in the spirit realm. And so often when I'm ministering, that gift, which is a ministry gift that goes along with the ministry office, that gift will begin to manifest. And many of you have been in my meetings and you've you, you have encountered the Lord in this way. So these fragrances start coming forth, many different types, many different kinds. And 
one of the most common, if not the most common fragrance that begins, you know, sooner or later, it's going to, it's going to come up is that of roses. Why? It is the global fragrance known around the world that no matter where I minister at, and it's happened, uh, uh, you know, like in, in ex extremely strong manifestations in, in Jerusalem. Uh, it's happened all over the world of this fragrance of roses that gets so thick, so thick, and everybody always knows what it means. It's, it's the one that somehow doesn't need a prophetic interpretation. It represents your love life with Jesus, or I would say your love walk with God. It's uh, the sweetheart relationship that you and Jesus have. It's a beautiful thing. Uh, once when I was ministering in Taiwan, it got uh, intensely strong where you would have thought that if you just closed your eyes and didn't know that maybe uh, several floral shops had all joined together and got gotten all of their fresh roses and taken them and brought them into our conference because the fragrance was overwhelming and, and it was wafting. It was moving all across the people. And it was, it was one of the most intense fragrances of roses that we have ever experienced. And it says in reference to the Messiah, I am the rose of Sharon. So what do we have here? We have a very real encounter with the Lord through the medium of smell and you're smelling in the spirit realm. Uh, as a matter of fact, in that meeting in Taiwan, we had so many different fragrances going on and the strongest was roses, but we were going through many, we were going through frankincense and, and then it was switched to vanilla and then it was switched to jasmine and then it would switch to myrrh. And I would, I would give the interpretation to the people of what the different fragrances, what it's meaning. And we would begin to go through all of these. I didn't know this till after the conference was over, but they told me that there was a lady that came to the conference. There was about 400 people in the conference and these are ministers from all over Southeast Asia and uh, China. And uh, it, it was a very, very powerful meetings but they told me after the conference was over that there was a lady that came that wasn't uh, what we would say spirit field or she had she was a Christian she was a minister but she had never been in a meeting where the Holy Spirit was moving with signs wonders and miracles so she was they told me this later she was standing in the back when all of this was going on and she was like this, like, how is he doing this? How is he doing this? In other words, how, how, how is it switching from, how does it go from vanilla to rosemary? And then it goes to lilac, and then it goes to heavenly perfumes, and it goes back to roses, and, and it's just fragrance after fragrance. She's like, how is he doing this? She was getting aggravated and frustrated. <laughs> and they were trying to explain to her, it's not him, it's the Holy Spirit. <laughs> Woo, glory, hallelujah. Amen. What was going on uh, there encounters with the Lord the Lord making himself real to his people through fragrance and it, it got quite intense there were those that were just laid out they, they, they were so overwhelmed with the glory of God with an up-close manifestation of the Lord like that many just passed out many went into visions laid on the floor and uh, it was very powerful. That was actually a meeting that we got so far over into the glory that people not only were smelling, they were also eating. They were being fed in the spirit realm. 
Now, Pastor Stephen, I don't know about that. Well, God does, and that's why it's also in the Bible. Remember, there's a lot in here. There's a lot on the banquet table of the inheritance that we have in Christ. I'll just give you a little example. Uh, Revelation chapter 10, verse 10 John, the revelator who wrote the book under the inspiration of the spirit said, then I took the little book out of the angel's hand and ate it. And it was as sweet as honey. See, he not only ate spiritually, he ate a spiritual book, but the book had a taste. It had flavor to it that he could even recognize and tell what that flavor was. And he said it was as sweet as honey in my mouth. But when I had eaten it, my stomach became bitter. Of course, that was he was actually consuming a message that he was to declare and decree. Same thing happened with the prophet Ezekiel, whom was also given a, a scroll to eat, and he ate it, and he said, oh, it tastes like honey, very sweet in the mouth. So these are all experiences in the spirit realm. So there is, there is Jesus making himself real to you through smell, such as the Rose of Sharon, the universal fragrance of God's love for you and your love for him. And then there even is the area that you can get over into God revealing himself to you through even taste. And in this meeting in Taiwan, the, the Lord Jesus began to put uh, spicy green beans in the mouths of the ministers and they could eat, they could taste. Now you could, if you open your mouth and looked in somebody's mouth, there was nothing in there, but you, just your tongue and your teeth. But an invisible hand was putting invisible food into the mouths of all the people, just like with Ezekiel, just like with John. And you can't see it and you taste it unless you're in the spirit. But we had gotten over into the spirit and the the angels of the Lord, through the Holy Spirit's power, they were putting green beans in the mouths of the people. So we went through a, a, a like a, you'd call a, four, a full course meal. There was like appetizers, and then we got into the main entree, and then we even got into the dessert. And people were eating things from green beans, and they were they're all calling out to me what they're eating because they're eating it. And they started with green beans and certain vegetables that were um, that were culturally connected to what they ate and what they liked even the spice the flavor then uh, got into the meatballs with uh, Asian flavored meatballs and then by the time we went through the whole meal got into the the final course which was uh, different forms of uh, rich dark chocolate no milk chocolate it was all dark chocolate glory to God <laughs> good stuff good stuff good stuff what is that that is Jesus revealing himself to you through through the medium of smell or through the medium of uh, taste. Praise God. These, these are all biblical. Praise the Lord. Uh, by the way, Song of Solomon, chapter 2, verse 1, I am the rose of Sherod and the lily of the valleys. And so oftentimes in meetings, we'll have those that begin to smell lilies. Uh, lilies has a dual meaning. Uh, there is a perfume that's called white lilies, and it represents Authority in the spirit realm. It represents a governmental authority. Uh, but the white lilies, lilies also represent intercession. And we know that because in the Old Testament worship system there at the temple, they had what was called the, the brazen sea. It was this ginormous uh, brazen uh, bowl that held thousands of gallons of water. And it was used there at the temple. And we know that Solomon inscribed through his workers 
on the brass work all around these or, ornamental engraved lilies. So there were lilies engraved all around this beautiful, uh, what was called the brass sea. And the Jewish rabbis have always taught that the brass sea represented the Gentile nations of the world. So if you study the typology of the brass sea, it represents intercession for the lost. As it says in Psalm 2, verse 8, ask of me and I will give you the nations for your inheritance. So ask in prayer and intercede for the lost that those of the nations of the world who don't know Christ would be saved in the name of Jesus. So the lily, if you're ever smelling lilies in the spirit realm, that represents intercession that God wants you to intercede for the lost. It could be lost loved ones. It could be people in other nations or other countries, but pray for the lost. Praise God. Amen. All right. There can also be what I would call unusual prophetic witnesses of the Holy Spirit. Now, before I get into this a little bit, let me be careful to say, don't ever try to force something. Uh, let me give you an example of how God spoke to me through a unusual prophetic witness. One time I had gone and ministered at a very powerful church uh, run by a great apostle who started many churches. And when I went to his church and ministered and saw the great work that God had done through his life and really the vastness of it and the, the, the largeness of it and how it was reaching the world. Me and my wife said, when we go back, we must expand our ministry and we're going to we're going to have a new ministry office. And so when we came back, we left on Sunday. We flew back, got back on, uh, on Sunday. On Monday, we went out looking for our new offices. And our faith was so high. We were so charged with faith. And we were prayed up that well, we, we went out and we were looking. And the first place that we looked, which had the best potential to us after having, you know, looked up properties online, uh, the first place that we looked at, we just, we, we loved it. And we had immediate favor with the person that was going to rent, lease it out. So they're looking for a client and we're looking for a place to, to move into. So it, it, this place was, was nice. This was, it was also going to take some money to fix it up, but the, the, the monthly rent was going to be way higher than anything that we had ever paid. Plus, we're going to need extra money to do certain renovations to make it the way that we need it to be. But you know what? We were so charged with faith, and we just knew God was helping us. He was helping us. But I, I still, I, I needed something to just nail it for me. Well, we went into one of the offices of this beautiful facility, and when I went into uh, one of these offices, which would be the office that was going to end up being my office, there was a picture on the wall. And when I looked at it, I thought, no, nah, that can't be what I think it is. And uh, I went up close to the picture and looked at it. And sure enough, there it said on the bottom of the, uh, of the picture, this is a painting of Man of War. It was a horse, a big red colored chestnut colored horse uh, named Man of War, who most uh, historians who follow racehorse, you know, uh, racetracks and all that, they say was the fastest horse ever to walk on the planet, even, even faster than Secretariat. So there was, a, there was a picture of that horse hanging on the wall in the room that was going to be, if we get this building, it's going to be my office. And see, I had written in my book 
just before this experience, I had written in my book, Working with Angels, I had written about man of war. I had studied man of war. I had even taken my uh, information about him and put it in a book, praise God. So I knew about man of war, and there he is hanging on the picture on the wall that would be my office. Well, as I'm looking at that totally puzzled, and Kelly, she comes in and sees it, and we're just like, oh my goodness, that's amazing. Wow. Well, the lady, uh, the owner of the building, she comes in. I said, hey, uh, I saw this, this picture here, this beautiful picture. I said, if I, if I lease this property from you, uh, I said, could I have the picture? She said, um, she said, yeah. She said, you can, ha- you can have that. And so I still have that picture today. And every time I look at it, every time I look at it, it just, it, it was, I, I acknowledged that it was something that to me said, this is of God. God is in this. This is of God. Now, here's what you have to be careful for. Don't try to force these type of unusual prophetic witness experiences. Have you ever met those in the church who are very immature, and they, they know just enough about the prophetic to be dangerous and to confuse themselves and maybe others who don't know? They go around with everything they see. Oh, that's of God. That's a sign from God. Pastor Stephen, I saw the number seven, seven, seven. And that means I'm supposed to go out and spend my whole paycheck and buy lottery tickets. Uh, no, that's not what that means. All that means is that you saw three numbers. That's all that means. Unless there is an anointing of the spirit. And if it is an anointing of the spirit, it will never lead you to do something unbiblical or something foolish or stupid, such as going out and buying lottery tickets. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. So don't, don't try to force these things. Uh, this is not something that you need every day anyhow. This is something you need in those special moments. And I call them the unusual prophetic witnesses of the Holy Spirit when you realize, when you realize God is in this. This is of God. Praise the Lord. Oh, Pastor Stephen. Pastor Stephen, that painting of that horse, we probably should erect a church building, and we should have a church called the Man of War Church, because God spoke to you through that painting. Yes, we need to start a church called the Man of War Church. No, no, you have to look past the painting. That's the attention grabber, and look at what God is trying to reveal himself to you through that moment. And what is that? God was basically saying, hey, I'm breaking something open new for you. This is your time to increase and expand. And we stepped into it. And the moment we stepped into it, a very large offering was released to the ministry so that we could put brand new flooring through the entire place. Woo! Praise God. And we made it nice. We made it nice until the Lord promoted us. And we went from renting, leasing into the facility that we now have, which we now own to the glory of God. Thank you, Jesus. Praise the Lord. Mm-mm. Now, there was another situation where we moved from our home that we were at at one point, and me and Kelly, we thought, well, this next home, we don't really need to buy a home at this place of, in our life. Let's lease something. And so we went and we looked around, and the leases were real high on these homes in the city that we were going to be living in. But we knew we had to make a decision because you've got to live somewhere. And we saw one home that really stood out. It was, it was very beautiful. It was very nice. But, but it, was, 
it was pricey. It was going to it was going to be a very pricey thing to lease. But at the same time, everything was pricey. You know, there was nothing that you could find that would be like a steal of a deal. But the only thing about this one is that it was a little bit more and it was very clean, very beautiful and very, very nice. And we thought this would be a wonderful place to live. It's not our certainly not our final destination, but would it be an, it would be enjoyable while we are here. But we just thought, Lord, you know, we need a we need a little more help. We, we feel everything's right. We've prayed about it. And Lord, we just need some help. So me and my wife decided to drive over one more time to take a look at it. We felt that was going to be the right choice for us. And so when we pulled up to make our final decision, the neighbor, uh, her car was parked right there next to the house. And we pulled up right behind her car. And for the first time, we noticed her license plate. And it said, Yeshua. Uh, the name of Christ, our Savior. And uh, this was not a fake plate. This was a custom plate. Uh, and it was a real plate, you know, and it said Yeshua, Y-E-S-H-U-A. I said, that's beautiful. She must be a believer, of course, in Jesus. It would be nice to have a neighbor next door. And I realized this is of God. This is where we're supposed to be. And we signed a lease and never struggled once to make the payment, lived there, had a great time. And of course, it was it served as well in that season of our lives. Now, praise the Lord, we're in a different place, but we, now we have a nice home and we own the home and we give God the glory for that. But the moment me and Kelly saw the license plate, Yeshua, we knew this is of God. <gasps> Pastor Stephen, you should start a church and you should you should line the walls of the church with license plates. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> you should commemorate that moment and call it the church of the holy license plate. No, you look beyond the license plate to the way that the Lord is manifesting himself to you. And he was basically saying, this is my will. This is my blessing. You can move forward. I'll cover this. You're good to go. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Glory to God. My friends, Jesus wants to make himself very, very real to you. Now, let's talk today about something that the Holy Spirit revealed to me. I'm about to wrap this up. That Jesus wants to reveal himself to you in a special way. And I was given this by the Holy Spirit. And I would like to take you to it now. Now, before we go to it, it's actually found in Genesis chapter 22, if you want to turn over there. Genesis chapter 22. Before I read it to you, one more time, let me just refresh your memory and plant this word deep in your spirit, which again is John 14, 21. Jesus said, the person who has my commandments and keeps them. Please underline that. That's not an option. You have to keep the commandments of the Lord. The person who has my commandments and keeps them is the one who really loves me. And whoever really loves me will be loved by my father and I will love him and will manifest myself to him, will reveal myself to him. I will make myself real to him. Jesus wants to make he wants to make himself real to you in these various areas. I've given different expressions of how he can do it. There's many different formats of how we can do it. Many different mediums of how we can work through through sight, through sound, uh, through a license plate, through a picture on the wall. And it's beautiful. 
But I want to take this now in a direction the Holy Spirit said, this is what the Lord wants to do for you right now. Are you ready? Genesis chapter 22. Let's go to verse 9. Then they came to the place of which God had told him. And Abraham built an altar there and placed the wood in order. And he bound Isaac, his son, and laid him on the altar upon the wood. And Abraham stretched out his hand and took the knife to slay his son. Verse 11. But the angel of the Lord called to him from heaven and said, Abraham, Abraham. I tell you what, Abraham was dialed in, wasn't he? <laughs> Whoa, that angel was shouting. I had to get his attention because Abraham was, he was fully committed, fully locked in. Abraham, Abraham. So he said, here I am. And he said, do not lay your hand on the lad or do anything to him. For now I know that you fear God. Since you have not withheld your son, your only son from me. Now verse 13. Then Abraham lifted his eyes and looked and there behind him was a ram caught in a thicket by its horns. So Abraham went and took the ram and offered it up for a burnt offering instead of his son. And I'm sure Isaac was saying, praise the Lord. Woohoo! Glory. <laughs> Hallelujah. Of course, you and I know that Isaac was coming back one way or the other because even Abraham was so assured that God was going to raise his son from the dead, that even after he was uh, not only killed, but burnt on that altar, that God would have reconstituted the ashes and brought the flesh, brought his son back to life. Praise to God. He was dialed in 100%. He knew it. Mm -hmm. And that act of faith was accounted to him as righteousness. Praise the Lord. Now, back to our story. The ram caught in a thicket. Abraham went and took the ram and offered it for a burnt offering instead of his son. And Abraham called the name of the place. The Lord will provide, as it is said to this day in the mount of the Lord, it shall be provided. Praise the Lord. Now, here's an instruction I have for you. God wants you to pray to him, and you can pray to the Father. You can do it just like this. Are you ready? Heavenly Father, I ask that by your Holy Spirit, you would manifest yourself to me through finances. In Jesus' name, I pray. Amen. Oh, Pastor Stephen, I already know everything about Jehovah Jireh. Do you know how? You really know Jehovah Jireh? Oh, I'm not talking about you know the name. Oh, Pastor Stephen, in the Hebrew, is Jehovah Jireh. There's no J in the Hebrew, so it actually is Jehovah Jireh, and that is the covenant name of God, one of the eight compound covenant names of God. That means the Lord will see to it that your every need is met. Yes, Pastor Stephen, I know exactly what it means. Oh, there's a whole lot of Christians that can tell you exactly what it means, and they struggle to pay their light bill. There's a whole lot of Christians that can say, Oh, Jehovah Jireh, He will provide. And they're, they're running out of money before the, before the end of the month has arrived, and they're nervous, and they're, oh, 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 oh. Mm. 
Here's what I'm trying to tell you. Jesus said, I will reveal myself to him. I will make myself real to him. Well, Pastor Stephen, how, how do I know that the living reality of Jehovah Jireh as my God is real? How do I know that? Oh, you can't miss it when there's a ram in your thicket. Did you notice that until the ram was caught in the thicket and then suddenly Abraham is hit with a revelation and for the first time in his life he realizes that the God that he has been serving, the God that he trusts, the God that he believes in with his whole heart, his whole life, he finally, for the first time, he catches something that he never even knew. He, he realizes, oh my goodness, this is the Lord God who will see to it that my every need is met. Oh, Pastor Stephen, he's known that all. The, no, 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 that was a brand new revelation. He never knew before that one of the facets of God is I am Jehovah Jireh. Mm, mm, mm. So here's what the, what the Lord has revealed to me by the Holy Spirit. That God wants to be real to you as Jehovah Jireh. Oh, Pastor Stephen, I even know the song. Jehovah Jireh, he's my provider. His grace is sufficient for me. Let's sing the second stanza. His grace is sufficient. Oh, see, there's people that know it. They even have a dance that goes along with it. But they, they know the song. They know the verse. They know the chapter. But they don't know Jehovah Jireh in a real way, in a real breakthrough way. Praise the Lord. Yet he is still Jehovah Jireh. Mm. So there needs to be fresh encounters in this area. And it's coming to those of you that believe and that open your heart to this. And I, I would ask you to pray that prayer. Heavenly Father, I ask that you would manifest yourself to me. Make yourself real to me by your Holy Spirit through finances. In Jesus' name, I pray, amen. And when you pray that and you ask that, you're, you're going to find the ram caught in your thicket. Mm, praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Glory. Glory to God. A new revelation. Oh, not information. There's a lot of Christians that got a lot of information. They got a lot of information. It's kind of like they say down in Texas, though. Big hat, no cattle. Big hat. Where, where's his ranch at? He ain't got no ranch. Where's his cows at? He don't have any cattle. He's got a hat, though. Praise the Lord. Mm -hmm. God wants to give. He wants to give you some cattle. Praise God. He wants to give you a breakthrough miracle. Now, you need to ask God to reveal himself to you, to make himself real to you in this area. I'm not just talking about getting the light bill paid. I'm not just talking about, you know, you got a, got a little extra money and you, you can get the large pizza instead of the medium pizza. I'm talking about blessed. I'm talking about God doing some special things for you. Mm -hmm. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, don't forget the emphasis on the first part of verse 21 of John chapter 14. The emphasis of obedience.
The person who has my commandments and keeps them is the one who really loves me. I don't like that part, Pastor Stephen. Get to the last part about Jesus revealing. No, no. We have to, we have, to have the whole thing. Praise God. The person who has my commandments and keeps them is the one who really loves me. And whoever really loves me will be loved by my Father. And I will love him and reveal myself to him. I will manifest myself to him. I will make myself real to him in the area of finances. Pastor Steve, that's never happened to me. Have you ever asked him to do that? Well, no, I just thought he'd do it anyhow. Well, obviously not. Praise the Lord. Ask, and you shall receive. Seek, and you shall find. Knock, and the door shall be opened to you. Praise the Lord. Some of you, you've had some blessings. Some of you, you've got some testimonies. Don't think for a moment You've drained the heavenly bank account. Hallelujah. God has more. God has unlimited provision. God is able to bless you. But you need to lean into the Lord and ask Him to reveal Himself to you in a very living way. In a very real way. That you know He came through for you. That you know that blessing came from God. Mm -mm. Now, sometimes when you pray along this line... You do see the big ones. But sometimes they can begin to build. And they can begin to build real quick. And you get something really good. You think, wow, wow, I think I better keep praying. God's answering this prayer. Yes, he is. And then you go along and maybe just a week later. I'm not talking, you know, two years later. I'm just talking maybe a few days or a week later. Boom. There's another one. You're like, well, Lord, hey, woo, hallelujah, Lord, this is all right. This is all right, Lord, you and me, we got something going on, hallelujah, and then you keep on going, and then boom, hallelujah, glory to God. And he will make himself just as real to you as uh, he'll pour it to you just as much as you're open to receive. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Pastor Stephen, I'm, I'm, I'm afraid my brother-in-law going to get jealous. He's going to get jealous. My cousin, they're going to get jealous when they see what God's doing in my life. Yeah, they probably will. But just go ahead and let the Lord bless you. Remember, Jesus said you can have the hundredfold return with persecutions. Just go ahead and walk in the glory. Walk in the blessing. Stay humble. But walk in wisdom. Hallelujah. Walk in obedience. And you'll be a blessing to the work of God. You'll be a blessing to many. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you for your promises. We thank you, Father God, for the different Ways in which you convey to us when you interrupt our normal life in a sense and you convey to us, this is me, this is of God. Father, we thank you. We welcome those moments and we would ask that they would never be a rarity, but that they would become often in our lives something that is manifesting. Thank you, Father God. Father, we thank you that much has been said about the greater glory, but not much has been demonstrated about the greater glory. And Father, we thank you that that element of glory includes finances. Father, we thank you that we can keep our hearts and our hands free from covetousness, free from grasping and striving and never being satisfied with the blessings we already have. We thank you we can have a contented heart while you continue to expand us financially so that we can have a heart for your kingdom a heart to reach the lost a heart to be a blessing we thank you father god that 
Jesus was not a joker when he said those words. We take his words seriously. Thank you, Father God. We thank you that your word is so serious that everything you spoke here is recorded. Thank you, Father God. You put tremendous emphasis upon your word. We believe it. We receive it. And Father, we thank you that you are going to make yourself real to us in this area. We thank you that this is something that you're emphasizing right now by your Holy Spirit. And so, Father, we cooperate with your spirit, and we thank you. We thank you for the beautiful things that you're going to do. Thank you, O God. We give you praise and glory. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, I sense a great company of angels that are ready to be commissioned from heaven, that are ready to be released. So, Father, we thank you for the angels. Let these angels go, through, go forth and bring special provision and blessing. Father, there are those that need jobs. Let there be no delay. Let the breakthrough job come. Thank you, Father God. Let help come swiftly. Let provision come swiftly. Father, we are your covenant people. Let there be no lack. Thank you, Father God. Let there be testimonies of more than enough. Thank you, Father God, in those special blessings. Glory, 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 glory. I see cars being released, new cars. Father, we give you praise. I see tremendous wealth being released, inheritance is being released, provision, money being released. And some of it's going to be, uh, in a sense, total miracle money. Hallelujah. Father, we give you praise. Hallelujah. Glory. Glory. Father, we bless you. We thank you for manifesting yourself to us by your Holy Spirit through finances. Thank you, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. When the manifestation takes place, Pastor Stephen, somebody just blessed me with a pair of new shoes. You, you understand we, we don't build an altar to the shoes. We thank God for the shoes. We thank God for the person that he flowed through. As so often God does when he works, he works through people. He pours through people. But whatever that blessing is, we praise God for it. We rejoice in it. But we keep our eyes on him. Not on the burning bush. That's, that's the attention grabber, okay? Not, not on the sound. We're not, we're not that interested in mulberry trees. They're, they're cool, but they're, they're not really that exciting. The blessing manifesting, that's beautiful. But our eyes, they go, to, they go back to the Lord fully. Father, we thank you that your word be sealed in the hearts of your people and let it produce a hundredfold return as the seed of the word is sown into the hearts of your people. Let it produce the one hundredfold return in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Now, guard your heart from the enemy that would try to steal seed, that would try to eat seed, or would try to bring such distraction into your life that the seed can't produce. Hallelujah. Meditate the word day and night. Praise God. If you're watching today's program, every blessing, every manifestation begins with a relationship with Jesus Christ as your Savior. If you don't know Jesus as your Savior, He can grant to you right now complete pardon and forgiveness of all of your sins, and He can take your heart, and He can give you a new spiritual heart. He can give you new life. 
If you would like to receive Christ as your Lord and Savior, He extends His invitation to you right now. If you would like to receive it, pray out loud this prayer after me. Say, Jesus, I am a sinner, and I come to you asking for your salvation. Jesus, I give you my life. I turn from my sins, and I ask you to save me now. Write my name in your book of life. Jesus, wash all of my sins away and give me your new life. Thank you, Jesus. I take you and accept you now as my Lord and Savior. In your name I pray. Amen and amen. And Jesus has heard that prayer and he has answered it and he has saved you and you now belong to him. Now live for him and he will help you. He will bless you every day of your life. Walk with him. Give him your very best. Praise God. As a church family, let us take Holy Communion together. Grab a little wafer. If you don't have one of these little wafers, you can buy them in Christian bookstores or on the Internet. You can also use a little saltine cracker if you'd like and grab some grape juice. And let's pray over it. Heavenly Father, we thank you. This, this bread and this juice, Jesus said that on the night that he was portrayed, he said, this is the new covenant. And he said, this is his body and this juice is his blood. So, Father, we just bless the bread and the juice, and we thank you that as we receive it, we are receiving the body and the blood of Jesus, our Savior. So we thank you for the new covenant. We thank you for the body of Christ. And in a mystical way, while this is his body, we are joined to him, and we are the global collective body of Christ. Father, we thank you for all of our brothers and sisters around the world. We ask that you would strengthen those who are persecuted for their faith, who would be suffering, who would be imprisoned, who would be tortured for their faith. We ask that you would strengthen them, O God. They are our brothers. They are our sisters. We ask that you would uphold them by your grace and that you would give them a great reward. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father, for the body of Jesus. We thank you that Jesus laid his life down for us to redeem us from all of our sins. Oh, God, we give you praise. We now receive his body. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's partake together. Praise the Lord. Father, thank you for the blood of Jesus that washes all of our sins away and gives us a clean conscience, a clean heart. Thank you, Father God, that the blood of Jesus removes all shame and guilt. We thank you for the precious blood of Jesus. And Father, we pray that you would forgive us of our sins and we forgive anyone who has sinned against us. We pray that you would lead us away from temptation and that you would deliver us from evil. Father, for yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. We thank you that through Christ's blood we belong to you. Thank you, Father God. We give you all of the praise. We give you all of the praise. Thank you, Father, in Jesus' name, amen. Let's receive. Praise the Lord. My friends, in the coming days and in the coming weeks, lift that prayer up before the Lord. 
That prayer, based upon the bold statement of Jesus, using a word that we in the English have called manifest, that is so strong that all of the Greek theologians, all of the Christian theologians pulling that word from the Greek say, this word is so powerful, it means nothing less than an appearance or a manifestation of God towards you. Father, we thank you. Bless your people with great encounters that they will know you as Jehovah Jireh and have great financial encounters. Thank you, O God, as you manifest yourself towards your people. We thank you for the shedding of debt. We thank you for the paying off of financial debts, credit cards paid off, mortgages paid off. We thank you for the liberation of your people so that there can be a full focus on the fulfillment of the Great Commission. Oh God, we give you glory. We thank you for financial signs, wonders, and miracles. We thank you, Father God, that for every breakthrough there will be the tithe given to you, honored and given to you. Thank you, Father God. There will be seed sown so that there will be a replication of more harvest on the way. Father, we thank you for the application of your principles. Thank you, Father, we're careful to heed and follow your commandments as Jesus also instructed. Thank you, Father, teach us, lead us, and guide us by your Holy Spirit. We thank you so much for helping us, and we thank you for manifesting yourself to us, making yourself real to us in specific areas of new encounter. Father, we praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. These new encounters with Jehovah Jireh are going to take you into realms of finance that you have never encountered before, but it's God's destiny for you to walk in them. Open your heart to receive the Lord revealing himself to you as your great provider, your financial caretaker. Praise God. Thanks for joining me today. I look forward to seeing you back next time. Bye-bye.